Hey everybody, welcome to Friday night. It is officially the after show. It's good to be with you. Zev Shalev with you here. I, this is your favorite song, Greg Oliar. And I think it's my favorite song too. One of my favorite songs. Her hands are never cold. Did you say this is one of your favorite songs? No, 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 no. no? Well, wasn't Betty Davis eyes? Turn around bright eyes. Uh, <laughs> total eclipse of the heart. A total eclipse of the heart. I'll oh, we'll play that later on. I will play some favorite songs tonight just because I can barely talk. So music is a good thing. We'll get ready for that later on. Hi, are you, how are you doing, Greg? You well tonight? <laughs> I, I think it's going to be a chaotic show because it's been a chaotic day and a chaotic week. It has. It's been a long week. It's like cooking five minutes ago for my son. Everyone's loud. Teenagers are playing this music that is so awful that it felt like there were sledgehammers in my brain. No, I wish that they would. And, and no, I don't want to say, just turn it down because they don't usually do that. So no, I'm like, no. hey, I have to do the show now. Please, God, turn this off. Oh, that's very so, fun. That's good, um, it's good that yeah. you're having a life back in your home. It's good that people are getting back together in a post-COVID world or almost. Uh, cool. Hi, LB. How's it going? Hi, it's good. <laughs> I know. I, I'm having the same. I don't know. Maybe it was just the week. It, it's a kind of, I feel disoriented. I don't feel like I made it to the end of, of the week like I normally do. I feel like, oh my God, I didn't quite get everything done. And, but I'm doing and then the great. show just happens. The show happens every Friday at seven. You have no choice. It's just, show, okay, got to go live. And here we are. May not be prepared, everybody. <laughs> May not, in fact, as it turns out. But it was a really big week. It started, this, you, that trial was so phenomenal. The the Chauvin trial and the, and the verdict. And we haven't spoken since then. But what an incredible moment. Uh, and I haven't got your perspectives on it. Do either of you want to tell me what you thought about, uh, about the verdict and, and how things turned out? Greg? I'm just relieved. I happened to be home when it happened, and I had a podcast interview scheduled for five o'clock, so we, we rescheduled that, and I did watch it live on CNN, which I don't usually get to do, and I think I'm not the first person to say there were flashbacks of the OJ verdict right. from nine or whatever yeah. year that was, 96. I'm just relieved, and I, I can't imagine how horrible it would have been if he had not been found guilty. I just, that, yeah, that yeah. would have been... I think your tweet was, thank God. I think that was what you tweeted out. And I was like, that's the most appropriate thing. I think that actually was trending. You know, I don't don't think it was. I think it was. how people felt at the end of all of that. That was a very uh, stressful period for everybody. LB, what were you doing when that happened? I had gotten my second COVID shot in the morning, the Moderna. So I really was starting to get real sleepy and I was staying awake to watch it. And I was, I think, I God, I was, so worried I, I was just worried they that there wouldn't be clarity that there'd be like one juror who thought who bought into the, the that the attorney was throwing out there that after he didn't have a pulse he could come up and be this warring predator all these tropes all these stereotypes were thrown on this poor man and his family and so I just felt I felt a great relief and then I just really listened to people, to our African-American fellow citizens, our neighbors and our friends and loved ones who were just, I think that, I think the thing is to understand that, uh, this is some wokeness statement, but truly I, ca- I cannot understand. My big understanding is knowing that I cannot understand what it's like to have been terrorized for centuries mm-hmm. by the state and that it took all of that, it took the whole world seeing that murder 
so clearly murder for there to be any justice. And then we were still all on pins and needles. I don't know. Yeah. The difference the outcome than, than would have been before. I think. I mean, if it weren't for that videotape, that videotape changed everything. And that videotape is new technology, ultimately. If it wasn't for people wandering around with smartphones and those police cameras, the reality of it is we, the outcome could have been the same as many other crimes before. And that really does make a difference. When you've got new technology like that at play, it might be easier to prove these things in the future. Having finally a successful <laughs> trial that, that yes, police officers can also murder, which is so important too, because it's, you know, we don't want all these psychopaths thinking, okay, I feel like murdering people. So let me, let me go get a badge and live out my secret fantasy because there won't be any consequences for me. It's to have these institutions in our societies, uh, whether they work for the state or whether it's a, a church just where criminals can go and hide under some cloak of, of a uniform in order to, who knows? I'm not saying that's what's going on. It's just like, it, there had to be something that stopped it from, uh, this is a profession where you can just be a murderer and we will never call it murder. That had to come to a stop. And I was, it took the police themselves coming and getting on the stand and saying, yeah, this was, this is not how we do it. This is not policing. This was an execution. Good, good. I'm glad they did that. Okay. We've had this moment. I hope we can have something moving forward. All I could think about was you know, his family. Mm. Oh my God. We got to see them all together. Yeah. It was good to see them because there was, it wasn't a joyous event for sure, but it certainly was a, a day that they felt like they could finally call it justice. And, and I think someone said in there that they could finally let him breathe. And it's been very hard for them this year and hard for the city of Minneapolis and to then go through it again with this new shooting. But there's still such a feeling there that they changed things now, that they've been able to, they're the force that changed the world when it comes to race and policing in this country. What I worry about is this is going to be one of those moments when we white people pat ourselves on the back and are so relieved that something nice happened and then everybody just moves on. This is one time that they got it right and God knows how many thousands of times it's been gotten wrong. A police officer shot and killed a black teenager like within an hour of the verdict. Right. And I know that there's like the circumstances of that are a little more uh, fuzzy than what happened with George Floyd, but still. And no hideous problem with the police force, the training, the, the way that the unions do what they do, the lack of accountability, all of it. And it's not something that I'm relieved that, oh, that they got this one, but that's not nearly enough. This is the, the, if this isn't the start of a much larger thing, then it really was all a waste of time because this is a problem that we, we can't let recede into the background. We can't. To me, it feels society. like it's almost like it's a, it's a state's approved way of being racist and it's, it just feels like that's it's an institutionalized racism that the police forces have whether they did it on purpose or whether they've just become that or whatever it is that's just the way it appears now that you know, there's just it's a way of keeping a race under control for whatever reason and they're the, you know, probably the people who need the least control but there's ultimately that's the that's what it looks like you can't escape the fact that it just feels like a racism and then you know, that's something that's been very difficult for America to deal with since its inception and how you deal with it now is is so complicated when you've got so many other things going on at the same time and you've got potential conflicts with with Russia and China you've got a, 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 a Chinese um, economy that's booming you've got all these you know, you've got all these challenges around the world how you deal with this bedrock issue that's fundamental to your society at the same time is very complicated you hope 
that Americans could do this because I certainly can't imagine any better equipped country than, than America to deal with this kind of stuff. So I got to say, Joe Biden can't impress me enough. So. He is so damn good. He's so damn good. Every single day you wake up and you're like, he's not going to screw it up again, obviously. And he doesn't. He just does a brilliant job every single day. What an amazing president. And it's so understated and it's just cool and he's gotten everyone vaccinated and he handled that day perfectly he knew the family he knew to, when he called the family that they had a pre-existing relationship I mean, that is such a big deal that it wasn't just oh i'm doing this for the photo op i'm doing this because i know this family i've spoken to them and i know them and they and i share in their grief because of the, the grief of losing my son that's it's just impressive what he's been able to do in such a short amount of time and on every level i just feel like he doesn't He's got the depth of knowledge is so extreme there that he knows how to do it, almost yeah. everything. Experience, yeah. understanding, expertise, understanding our constitution, understanding our national values, having moral character. These things, not being a mobbed up criminal owned by the Kremlin, <laughs> these things make a difference. Yeah. Um, it's not being a white supremacist, that makes a big difference. Yeah, I mean, look, today, just today, when they had that conference, the climate conference yesterday and today, nothing had happened in the world for four years on climate. Everything had just stopped no. four years ago. Everything froze. It takes Joe Biden to come back in the midst of all this other chaos that he's dealing with. He's also dealing with climate change and bringing the entire world together and trying to get them to agree yeah. on climate change. It's just a very impressive work, and it shows you how needed America is on the world stage. And I think that's obviously part of what he's doing is he's reminding people of how important America is to the continued growth of the world. So it's uh, kudos to him. Um, and I thought Kamala handled uh, George Floyd Day very good, very, very well too. She's gonna, yeah. it's, it seems like it's gonna be part of her portfolio. So that's happening yeah. on one side of our, of our government. On the other side, the Supreme Court is having a picture and there they are. That is the Supreme Court as it's currently constituted. Um, it's a nice picture. This isn't actually the official picture. Obviously this is more of a, of an informal look, but they seem like they, you know, generally happy. Judge Sotomayor Orr is now in the front row seat. She's seated down. And behind her is Amy Coney Barrett, who I know, Greg, you're a big fan of. Oh, sure. She's my, <laughs> she's my favorite interloper. You know? <laughs> so tell us about her. I've got some things to well, say about Well, there's a bunch myself, of things. But, yeah. if, if we stay on the picture, six of these nine were uh, put there by Leonard Leo, or in the case of Clarence Thomas and uh, friends of Leonard Leo of yep. the Federalist Society and his little six radical Catholic group, six, six of nine, wow. which is not yeah. to be confused with seven of nine, which is the Star Trek, you know, character. Um, um, very, very well done. Anyway. So th that's a lot. That's a lot for one person and one institution to have done. Yeah. And what's going to happen now and what we're already seeing is that we're going to get shitty results yeah. from this group. Yeah. Now, if yeah. you're like a 16 year old and you can have life without parole because Brett fucking Kavanaugh of all people has determined that as I'm not the first person to point out the things you do in your teenage years should actually count against you for the rest of your life. Right. And I just gagged to death on the irony. The iron, it was very okay. ironic. It's shocking that mm. was the thing that came out of him. Just to explain to everyone, up until now, it's been understood that you know, if you're under the age of, of 18, you cannot be imprisoned for life. But now you can for a crime. So if you go and you shoot somebody up or whatever it is you do as a 14-year-old, you will have to spend the rest of your life in jail without, a, without any chance of parole. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a prosecutor. I don't know how often these things happen. 
but it almost is irrelevant because it, it, it the other thing that he did apparently and again I, i'm not a lawyer and i don't study this stuff is that he basically took the press the, the way that he wrote the opinion was to pretend that the precedent which existed did not exist and that's dangerous and that's why he's there that's why they paid for him to be there that's right that's why they installed him there and that's why he needs to go so i know that there's a lot of stuff on everybody's plate in dc but we really need to investigate this mother finances because they are I, it, yeah. the thing is bad lb and i did this deep dive and i know everybody watching this knows this and we're just banging our heads against the wall but it seems so important if we don't did he buy his, did he buy his season tickets this year and in the, in the COVID thing for the washington nationals <laughs> is he that much of a fan like what's going on with brett kavanaugh who did he is all those supreme court people go in on it too they paid for him to do shit like this Absolutely. okay everyone's right. afraid that it's going to be like one abortion thing it's going to be the the darker stuff that it is that it's, lays it's the groundwork be... for the overthrow that's, that's what right. they want I... And some of the stuff that you can't see that Sheldon Whitehouse has been bringing up of, look, they're doing, they, there's this, the same folks that paid to install these people to get them, put them on the list and Donald pluck, pluck the worst of the batch. Oh, okay. Who can we really own here? So those same people that, that those same money forces have been paying to write these sort of amicus briefs, right? This, to get it in there all the time so that they can start chipping away at precedent for things like uh, union labor and women's rights, all these, all these things that are very important to, uh, I think, the basic equality and rights of, of our citizenry, they intentionally been chipping away at that. They choose, a, they choose a, a right. thing that they want to overturn, and then they find a case, so they create a case. That's what they nothing. create a case. Yeah, they create a case nothing. and then they push it through the right. system, all the way through the system, through every court, and then they lose some on purpose, right. and then they win some on purpose, but then they, it doesn't matter. That's all right. they need to do is get appeal, appeal, until they get to the Supreme Court, That's and right. then they can overturn the law because they've rigged the Supreme Court. That's and there's right. endless cases like this, and they're basically taking the will of the people, as it's been determined through all you know American history, and overturning it piece by piece. So it's shocking. Gaming, it's a game. It's, it's totally a game. It's almost like a Ponzi scheme in it reverse. Is. We're going to roll up this thing and take each piece of it, it's going to pay for the next piece to come in and nothing's really ever for the people but it, it's all about just over finally overturning something they'll they'll do the this is they're very kremlin you know, the federalist mm. society they'll they'll wait 20 years 30 years they'll play a real long game oh, yeah. to, to to get something to where they finally have the majority that they want and they can overturn and they've set the precedent they've put the pieces in place that they've chipped away at precedent enough I don't think Brett Kavanaugh writes any of this shit that 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 has his name on it. Now somebody else is writing it for him, and he's okay. This is what they want me to probably, you know, probably, truly. No, I think he. I, I think he might be right. I think he's good at that. Actually, I think he's good at writing these crappy things that they like. Yeah, because he did it before. He did it when he was uh, before he was on the. That's true. He did it, did it for uh, oh, um, under Bush or something like that. He, he's he's a bad dude, and that's where we're going with this. And they know it that's why they're crying every time it's proposed to add some non-traders onto the supreme court and non-owned people we get pushback by the ted cruises of the world and, and, and this and that but this is essential for our democracy to survive we have to it's, we have to i mean the, I, the, the politicization politicization i can't yeah that um, yeah i can't even 
Okay. <laughs> I can't say the that making a pol- The making political of the Supreme Court w- is a relatively new phenomenon, and it should not be. Absolutely. Um, I don't know what the solution is, but to have these litmus tests on either side, it's just not right, and it's ultimately going to screw us. Autocracies, the, the, the strong men get in there, and then they take over the court. That's always what they, they take over the media, and they take over the court. And we're, how, what are we, 75% there? No, we're two-thirds there on this particular Supreme Court. Well, so. I don't even understand how these these justices are still there. I mean, if we have a, a previous president who seems to have been in bed now officially with the Russians in terms of getting elected in 2016, how can any of his picks for the Supreme Court even stand? They should all be overturned because we can't trust them. Here we are having to deal with them. And the other thing we have to deal with is Amy Coney's Barrett's new book now, which is she got paid $2 million in a book deal she's on the supreme court how is she getting paid two million dollars now bloomberg calls it bad optics but it's just not even bad optics it just looks like like it's corruption it doesn't what else, why is she worth two million dollars what is she possibly going to tell the world for two million dollars it's obviously a payment of some sort no one cares about her that much that they would need to you know to pay that kind of money for this book it's outrageous the one thing you think of is the publisher of the book is sentinel which is an imprint of a conservative imprint under penguin random house but what you wonder first of all is like where did they pull that number from were they outbid was there a bidding war for this wonderful ah. piece of literature or did they just come up with this figure and pull it out of their asshole advances the way that books work is a publisher gives you an advance and technically what that is it's an advance on royalties for the book right. so if, if your book costs thirty dollars you as the author are going to make forty percent of the book value, whatever it winds up being right. of that book of every sale so until she let's say she gets $10 a book or $15 a book even, okay, for her own thing. How many copies does she have to sell to make back $2 million? The answer is more than she will ever fucking sell. Unless so, they buy them no, for her. not unless, even <laughs> if, okay? Yeah. But what happens is this is the scheme, the little grift bullshit that they do on both sides because Bernie does it, the, the Democrats do it too. But it's more on the Republican side because Republicans don't read books. That's what makes this so ironic. <laughs> now, take Triggered by Don Jr., okay? Uh, Triggered work of was art. on the New York Times bestseller list mostly because it came out and then it was bought by these big packs, the super packs, who gave it yeah. away as like when people donated to the campaign. And then people got the book and immediately threw it in the fucking trash. So of the however many, so yes, they were sold technically, which means that the entire New York Times bestseller list is corrupted. You can't trust that because is it really sold when it's a super PAC buying the books just to give them to people who aren't going to read them? How many people actually read Triggered by Donald Trump Jr. cover to cover. I guess a big, <laughs> big zero. Do you think he read it? Do you think he even read it? More people read my column on Friday, or today's column that I wrote. Then that, that was a good column, time. of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and that's Ted not, Cruz that's in the same a, boat, right? He's also doing a bit of a scandal because he 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 paid someone paid. Paul, well, bought all his yeah, books, I think, like 20,000. So someone paid, no you know, 20, they bought 20,000 of his books, and that's how he landed up as being a, yeah. a bestseller. But this is legal, I should say. It's legal for her to write a book. It's legal for her to sell a book. It's legal for Sentinel to give her an advance. And probably for them, it's easy. It's If they think they're going to actually make $2 million plus in sales, 
and maybe they will, maybe the publishing company will make two and a half million dollars from this without even having to send it to the, because what happens then is it gets bought up by these super PACs. Then it's on all the bestseller lists. Then they ship it to Barnes and Noble and it's in your face at the airport. And then people buy it, get on the plane because they're bored or whatever. So the visibility increases. That maybe increases the amount. So it's a very. You know, it's going to get sold. It's going to get sold in churches. It's going to get sold in a lot of. Yeah. Remember when they showed that movie? Madonna. What was that Jesus Christ movie that Mad Max did? Didn't they first show that in. uh, Passion of the Christ. Yeah, Passion of the Christ. Didn't they first show that in cinemas? That was where they had their first like big round of cash that came out of that. I think maybe I'm wrong, but it could be the same kind of thing. It's turning her into a bit of a church well, rock star. Go ahead, Greg. The yes, way sorry. to do the church is, is very specific, but yeah. And, and the it's money, a lot of money, if you're a Sentinel Press, you're making your money. This is not, hey, this is a cool novel that somebody wrote. This is a no brainer. They're right. going to make their money. They don't even have to really be careful with how, what is even in the book because nobody's going to fucking read it, really. Maybe there'll be a couple of interesting things, maybe. But unless it's talking about the cult that she's in, and whether or not she has to obey her husband and, and how the dynamics of that work as per mm-hmm. the cult that she's in, I'm not really interested in anything she has to say. Does she also obey the dudes on the Supreme Court because she's a woman and that's what they teach her? I don't know. I'd like to know that. Is that going to be in the book? Probably not. From somebody who writes books and would like to be on these lists and aspires to have book sales, this stuff is fucking bullshit and it corrupts the whole system and it, it just sucks. Oh, yeah. By the way, it's why on that very topic of corrupt charts, the podcast charts. Have you seen how all the like top ten podcast charts are full of these right wingers? Like all of them, it's like number one to ten is all. I don't know the guys' names. I don't listen to them, but there's like ten right wing podcasts. Yeah, ben, Shapiro, are, ben, Shapiro. ben Shapiro is always there, but then, but then there's a whole yeah. bunch of others that I've never heard of. And yeah. I'm sure they're famous, but. I, no one's listening to these podcasts. There's no way they're nearly on the top 10. There's no way. There's just not a chance in the world. There's some bot that's constantly logging in and playing it back, I you know, to someone in Moscow. Shapiro, but We were talking about this at lunch, because I think with Shapiro specifically, that, yeah. Yeah, jo- people listen to Joe Rogan. He's another one that's on there. People listen to him. Yeah, yeah. He's Joe been around that. for a long time. He's a comedian. He has on guests. I don't understand the Ben Shapiro. I just don't get it. Who is there? Is, are these like MAGA dudes, these real masculine MAGA dudes listening to Ben fucking I don't think so. my wife can't get whap Shapiro? I like, don't think I don't so. It. You see, well, it's a crisis of masculinity in GOP. It really is. <laughs> We're going to get there. We're going to get to the crisis of masculinity. Um, I, I because he's not like, he's not, you know, okay. he's not very masculine. Go ahead, Elbert. I'm going to say what's not supposed to be said. Okay. Oh no. Like, that's what you're here for. <laughs> Is that what we're here for? <laughs> no, no, that's not what do. So go ahead. Leave it to me. Whatever. Yeah. Burn it down. I'll burn down my life here. Um, okay. I actually don't take a lot of hits at Ben Shapiro. And you guys know why. I don't because he's to me, as a parent and someone in a family that that has faces this a lot. He is very severely on the spectrum to me. And, and that and people get into all kinds of outrage and upset because you're not supposed to call that out and you're not supposed to say, but I'm just going to be honest about myself. It's hard for me. I, I, it's, I actually do. I know this horrible stuff comes out of this man's mouth, but I, it strikes me in a different way. And I know what it is to, I just go into a parental mode and think about his parents must be 
pleased that he's found something that yeah. he can do. Now, it also seems clear to me that he's getting some finally getting some body awareness, which which seems to have come late because he was never aware of himself. Even on his podcast, he would like he gets into he'll get into a mode and he'll get into his lane and he'll just speak rapidly and in the monotone and he's going and he's convinced he's right. And he's just really talking to himself and he's it's a kind of intellectual stemming. So I watched him do a lot of that. And now he appears, I think that Home Depot with the wood in the bag that little video and he's posing and he's clearly been working out oh, and i think he's ben getting out. i think there's a new ben i think he's finally there's a part in his maturation process where he's been able to have some self-observation you know he appears to be taking some pride in his physique and and not ambling around all the time and kind of and so that's good so there's but these are things that, you know, for me, I look at I look at Ben and I think all I can think about is the occupational therapy and the nurturing that appears to have been missing for him. I mean, I he's done well. Him. He's done well for himself. You can't like anyone would love that well. career. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, it's not. You know. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's got some success. We. Do, it's not clear how. Um, or why, yeah. or what he got himself plugged into that amplified him and that kept him on the top of the Facebook and keeps him on the top of the- That's what I mean. I feel like- There's the something going on there and he clearly has an agenda in what he's spewing and why he takes a position and, and what he's doing. I, I just, for me personally- You're aware of, it, of these difficulties. It, it's painful to take hits at him. I'm sure I'll get past that. Um, <laughs> Try for us. <laughs> I don't know if you can read these because here's his, here are the top 10. Can you guys see these top 10? I can, uh, who's this Candace yeah. person? Who's Candace? Does anyone know who Candace is? Oh, that's is? Candace, Candace Owens. That's, yeah, she's number two. Danny Wire is... Uh, she's number yeah. two on the charts. And then Louder yeah. with Crowder. Who's Louder? Who's this guy? Louder with Crowder. Oh, you know what? I don't know who that is. Uh, then Bannon. Bannon, we know, but okay, maybe Bannon. someone's watching and listening to Bannon. Preet. Preet pre there. Yeah, okay. there is number seven. And then, the world. and then the Ruben report, and then this That's Hodge Jennifer twins. Ruben. Who are these people? 538. Okay, fine. These, are, these actually have big audiences, Seth. I, I know they are big audiences. <laughs> I, I just feel like them. they're. Well, I know that Tim Poole. I know Tim Poole from a long way ago. I, oh, I first yeah. met Tim Pool, Tim Pool when he was video uh, streaming the oh, Occupy Wall problem. Street movement. And I went to, and I sought him out, Tim Pool. He's a problem. He's a problem. Because back then he was, a, of course, a righteous liberal and, and you're campaigning against the system and or whatever. Turns out Occupy Wall Street could be, a, maybe it was an op, who knows. But I, I got to know him then and he was great. You know, he did great video streams. I thought he did fantastic video streams. And I actually recommended him around to some people. I said, you know, I said, you should hire this guy because he's an interesting videographer and he's a good reporter. And he did, he landed up going to a couple of these places I recommended. And then somehow, somewhere along the line, he just turned into a right-wing phenomenon from being a completely left-leaning revolutionary to a right-wing, I don't know what he is now, I don't even know, maybe he's a centrist, maybe he'll call himself centrist, but he's like definitely pro-Trump and he's, he preaches the word, which is insane. Because I mean, when, when did that happen to Trump? Well, there are several of those Occupy folks that that took that exact path. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I listen to the verdict with Ted Cruz after this because I can't wait for an, an hour with 
with Ted Cruz. But we should get back to Amy Coney, Coney Barrett because uh, I digressed a little bit because I wanted to rant. Okay. But the so we got two things that happened with her. She got the book deal, but then she also had a, a thing today where she passed a judgment, whatever they do at the Supreme Court, about access to public records regarding to environmental concerns. So the Sierra Club had wanted a bunch of information regarding a an environmental project, and the federal court had said that they should have gotten it, but she struck it down. She said that, no, there's no reason for the citizens of a country to get access to the policymaking of their government. I mean, it sounds ridiculous when you say it out loud, but that's basically the gist of her judgment there. We have a real problem with this. We have a real problem with this uh, justice. Not only she got a $2 million book there deal, not only is she taking away the rights of average citizens, but now she's also going to ignore, I think, Sheldon Whitehouse's request that she recuse herself from actually being the judge involved in judging the case being brought by her supporters. So the same Leonard Leo guys you were talking about earlier on are bringing some sort of case to front of the Supreme Court. She needs to recuse herself, or so says Senator Whitehouse, but she's not going to because she's Amy Coney Barrett. And I guess that's why they paid for her to be there. So I don't know. We've, uh, what's going to happen? How are we going to do this? How are we going to make people pay more attention to, to this? And here's, here's Sheldon's tweet, expand by the, way. the court. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It can't just be these people. It's too small. It's too small to represent a whole big nation like ours. These nine justices that, with the wave of a wand, could end up all being appointed by, uh, you know, or a majority appointed by a bunch of corrupt politicians. Forget it. We need it. We're in real trouble. We're in real trouble. We need. But it's to okay. We'll fight it. There's two paths, right? The power path is that they want to be able to turn over election laws. The other path that you're starting to see talked about a lot is this constitutional assembly thing, which they really seem to be working hard towards. Uh, the, the, if Now that they've realized that the election overturning thing is a bit messy, they're going to try and push towards a constitutional assembly so they can rewrite the constitution. And I think several states have already, uh, state legislatures have already passed resolutions in favor of it, so, which is why it was good that DC became uh, at least was put forward as a 51st state today by the House. But it's uh, this is where we're battling next, I think, is, is are we going to head to a constitutional assembly? I and mean, how important is it for D.C. and uh, Puerto Rico to be recognized officially as full states? Go ahead, Craig. Yeah, that, what I you said. Hear, I want to hear your thoughts on, on D.C. It, statehood. Really, I really do. I, I'm so, like, it's such a bang your head against the wall problem because it's so patently unfair and some celestial being from space could come down and be like, North and South Dakota should just be one state, guys. That right. would solve the problem, which is the only reason it isn't. Uh, Heather Cox Richardson wrote about this this morning is that at the time, the, the I guess they were Republicans and they're good guys at the time, did what we wanted to do. They were like, no, we're going to make it two states because we need four senators instead of two to balance out. the. So that this stuff has been happening since time immemorial, but it's just not fair. It's baked into our system with the two senators per state thing. And yeah. when Wyoming has this, which has like 700,000 people, has the same number of senators as California with 40 million, that is a problem when the Senate is so fucking powerful because the Senate ties up everything. Right. Okay, one thing wasn't on our agenda to talk about is all of the mass shootings that have happened in mm. the last month. The reason that we don't have gun laws and more regulations on guns isn't because people don't want them because most people not many most eight, and nine out of ten people want gun reform and better regulations on guns including a lot of people that are in the nra 
That right. doesn't happen because the Republicans control the Senate. It's all Mitch McConnell and the Republicans. Oh, the Senate anymore. I, I, uh, well, but they, until they over, oh, until they I've meet go the goddamn filibuster, this. this is what I mean. We spin around and chase the tail and, <laughs> and jerk off mansion or whatever the fuck. And, and, and that but weirdo me, in Arizona, okay. I don't get it. Okay. Okay. But they didn't have a super majority, right? When they had the majority and they still controlled the Senate without doing away with the filibuster. We have the majority. We it, it, bills can be brought to the floor. I, I, it's just what the I I I well, what, we, we're doing uh, it. There's some progress, I'm, right? It seems a, like they're talking I about know. things. It's like uh, right. it's so urgent. It's, it's urgent. We need to pass everything we, urgently. Big urgently. Things. Big Agreed. shit. And, and and I am pleased that on the other side of this conversation, like, okay, it's time to talk to us. It's time for things to move now. You have, we're coming up into May here. Come on, everybody. I, I was pleased that the attorney general finally spoke to us as attorney general, as attorney generals are empowered to do on day one. So that was good. And about- It is taking uh, a long uh, time take, to fill all these positions though. It really is. It's getting- I mean, it, it's, it's taking a while. There's no reason it, for it either. Like, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason for it. Oh my God. Okay. And also I have to go back to the state thing. Okay. Yeah. So guys, uh, it, help me out. I, cause I'm, I'm just have this question. I'm just like an audience person now with this question. Cause I do not have the answer. Remember when Puerto Rico had the, they had an option on their election ballot sometime in the last four years, I want to believe. Maybe it was in 2016. Yeah, they turned it down. Becoming a state, and they turned it down. But they had it within their powers to, to vote for that. But DC doesn't, because DC doesn't have any of its own voting anything. They don't have. Okay. I don't know enough about. I just it, wanted to make it. I, I just wanted to know the difference of. Uh, DC. The, the district Puerto is, Rico is self-determinant in this, and DC is. I don't not. think it'd be automatic. I think yeah. they could ask. I think they'd win. They, they voted yes, Puerto Rico. Then they could go and ask. I don't think it'd be automatically made okay. a state. I don't think. Maybe it is. D DC is different because it was created specifically. The territory, the area, whatever you want to call it, was created specifically to be the capital. And under the right. plan of statehood, there still will be like the White House and the Capitol, and they'll draw like a little thing around the mall. That will remain DC. Right. And everything else, the surrounding area, Georgetown and Northwest and all this sort of places where there's yeah, people, where people live, live. And there's more yeah. people there than in fucking Wyoming. Yeah. Those people have no representation and that's not right. Nobody lives in the Capitol. Nobody lives in the white. Two people live in the White House uh, and the dogs. But we don't worry about Biden voting. We'll vote in Delaware. So but the people who live in in in, you know, in D.C. proper, they need to be able to have representation. So that's what where the state will be right. if it comes. And I don't know if it's a majority vote. It I think it is. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't, that know, I don't know. Kind of necessary when you think about the whole makeup of the Supreme Court. So there's been a lot of concern about uh, Tucker Carlson. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.